Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Baseball is finally here. We got the final four. We got baseball. We got a lot of talks going down in football. And Dominic Sue going to the Rams. Got talks of OBJ possibly going to the Rams as well. A lot of good sports stuff going on right now, Roz. We made it through the dead period. We made it through February. March is almost done. Well, actually, by the time you hear this, it's already done. But, I mean, what a great week. What are your thoughts so far? Just so much baseball. It's so exciting. I mean, Thursday couldn't have been better with opening baseball and everything. I mean, you got Giancarlo Stanton putting up, not shutting up, and putting on two home run show. You got the Cubs electrifying. Rizzo going back to his home state for Parkland, puts up a home run in his first game of the season. Baseball's back, and we're getting the best of it. And like you said, we're past the dull period. The Final Four was really interesting. I know we're about to touch on that, especially with – us representing Loyola Chicago. It's a very exciting moment for the city of Chicago. And then we got to also talk about NBA just as much as we got to talk about the NFL. The NBA, a lot's going on, a lot of injuries. Maybe carving away for LeBron James and even James Harden, the Rockets, to make maybe a push towards the NBA Finals. We'll see. We know Steph Curry's going to be out for the entire first round of the playoffs, but that'll be a conversation we're going to table for a little bit. What are you feeling right now? Are we are we hopping on the baseball bandwagon? Do you wanna you wanna cover the Final Four, which is so exciting and is gonna be getting underway this weekend? I think we uh gotta re recap the Elite Eight a little bit, then we'll touch Absolutely. on the Final Four. Um, looking at the South Region, Loyola, I mean, they just dominated Kansas State in that game. Um, it's the bracket of death. It is can the we, bracket can of we death. We say that it is. Um, and I, and I thought I was so smart by taking Kentucky. Look where I'm at now. Um, but Loyola, I mean, basically from the opening tip, that game was not a close game. Um, they won 78-62, really took it to Kansas State, who's one of the better defensive teams in college basketball, put up 78 points on them, and it just was, wasn't a good game. It was fun to watch because I was, I was rooting for Loyola, but I mean, they just, they just dismantled Kansas State, and here they are, 11 seed in the Final Four, where no 11 seed has ever won before. This is the fourth try. Maybe they'll make it happen this time. I don't know. 
I it was interesting because I watched that game because there's a certain excitement when you're from the city of Chicago, and I know you got some of the guys who are so hardcore against the Sox and some people so hardcore against the Cubs, but you kind of get this like great unity, like unifying feeling that like, oh, let's root for this Chicago team because it's a really cool experience. And they took it to Kansas State. Kansas State, what's really interesting about them is how good their defense is. And if their defense even misses a step, they're in trouble. They're not a team that knows how to come from behind. They run in sets. They don't run, they don't move the ball quick enough. They don't attack the hoop quick enough. They have to run through an offensive set in order to put points on the board. And that was very evident at the point when Loyola Chicago just kept expanding that lead. And Kansas State made a couple of runs to bring the game back into into a closer competition. But really, at the end of the day, Loyola Chicago was able to keep their pace, keep their lead, and it's really exciting. I'm super excited for the matchup they get against Michigan. Michigan, obviously, team of destiny right now, going straight through the Big Ten tournament and making its way all the way to the Final Four. But an interesting tidbit before we cover this Michigan-Florida State game. You know, Kansas the only Final Four team to have beaten a one or a two seed coming into this Final Four. Just a fun fact for you. Um, so Michigan, they've seen Florida State, Texas A&M, Houston, and Montana. They haven't faced the likes of a UNC. I mean, they didn't really face the likes of a, of a team that would really kind of test themselves. I mean, Florida State, obviously offensively aggressive so far this NCAA tournament. But I think that was a game that Michigan should have handled, and they they – Ended up pulling it out, but they never really conceded the lead. So I think that was a game that Michigan had pretty under control. Um, yeah. It'll be an interesting game. I'm not ruling out Loyola Chicago. I really am not. I'm not like the VCU games, the other 11 seeds that come in there. They kind of meet their match. But Michigan isn't a team that's going to overpower you. They do have big men. They have a great shooting ability. But if they're even off a little bit similar to Kansas State, I think Loyola Chicago can capitalize and they can continue moving on in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, the thing about Michigan is just like their team is getting hot at the right time. I mean, I think... You know, I just think of like the Giants in the NFL playoffs coming in as it was a wild card that both times they won the Super Bowl, just getting really hot at the right time. And I think Michigan is a very good team, but you know, they won 13 games in a row. Their last loss was February 6th. Um, they're holding op- opponents to 62 and a half points per game. Um, and like you said, their game against Florida State, a pretty close game score wise, but I don't know. I think they just outplayed Florida State. Um, basically the entire way they were just a, a little better team um but i'm really excited to see them play loyola chicago because i agree with you i think loyola chicago has a chance to win um you know they're five point dogs going in right now but you look at um porter moser in his 14th season as a division one head coach made the final four in his first appearance in the ncaa tournament unbelievable i mean you look at loyola 18th and de- defensive efficiency <laughs> Hard, hard to say, hard to say, hard to say. Um, Efficiency, you're close. You <laughs> pretty close. Um, good shooting, good ball movement. They just make, they take good shots. Um, they're just a solid basketball team. And obviously, I don't think anybody really thought they'd make it this far. But, um, you know, they're shooting 40% from behind the arc. It's just kind of that balance of quality shots, um, getting back on defense that's really brought them all this way. And like like we said, you know, they, re- they really ran, ran Kansas State out of the gym and, I think this is going to be a great game versus Michigan. I'm, I'm actually more excited for this game than Kansas-Villanova. But on that note, Kansas-Duke, that was an unbelievable game. Caught the very caught the last minute of regulation as I was pulling into St. Louis, and lucky me, I got five more minutes into overtime. Duke, for me, kind of pissed that game away. It they was had it. 
so heartbreaking. That That is Duke's game. They absolutely pissed down their own leg and lost it. And that ball could have gone in three separate occasions on that last Grayson Allen shot. I mean, it was just poking at the net. It was like, hey, it was a nice little tease, let me tell you. And I thought Grayson was going to have his moment as a senior, send his team to the Final Four. And it was really, really kind of heartbreaking. I know how much people hate Grayson Allen. I, I personally don't have a vendetta against him. I personally was rooting for this Duke team in a country that people tend to try to root against the Dukies or the Yankees or the Dallas Cowboys. I will root against the Cowboys, but the Duke team isn't one of them. I was really hoping. And then Kansas just, they proved themselves. I mean, Malik Newman, the Mississippi State transfer, once a top five recruit in ESPN 100 polls, 30 plus points. And he dominated down the stretch. They And Kansas showed why they deserve to win in overtime. They just clearly dominated this Duke team in overtime. And I know there were some bad calls with the uh, with some foul outs and everything, but it, it, it went the way it went. Wendell Carter fouled out. That was tough. But they also lost as of week on the uh, Kansas side. Kansas really uh, shoved it to Duke in overtime, and I think they're deserving of this spot in the Final Four. Yeah, Malik Newman, an unbelievable game. Like you said, 32.7 rebounds, um, shot 8-19 from the field, 5-12 from behind the arc, and I think that the biggest key, 11-12 from the free throw line. I mean, that's that's really the key down the stretch um, in these types of games is which team is going to make their free throws. Um, Duke, I mean, shot 14-18. of 18. From the free throw line, so they they made some shots as well. But down the stretch, um, I really thought they get they gave that game away. But we're gonna break down Villanova versus Kansas. Can talk a little bit more about Loyola and Michigan after the break. If you miss the show, you know where to find us: LibertyTalk.fm. And we will be back with some more college basketball. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back at the Sporting Edge. Told you we're going to break down the two number one seeds going at it. Kansas and Villanova. Kansas going off as a five-point dog right now, Roz. I think that's a little bit much. I think this Villanova team is very good, but I think Kansas um, coming off this win, I kind of like the Jayhawks a little bit here, E. What do you think? Um, do you like them purely off the spread, or do you like them to potentially take this game? I think they might potentially take this game. I think Villanova okay. has played very solid throughout this tournament, but I think they're going to run into a bad game here. Um, I think Jalen Brunson is going to get outplayed by... <laughs> I can't even think of his name right now. <laughs> what, Devontae uh, Graham? Devontae Graham, yes. Um, you, I mean, Malik Newman was the star of the show for Kansas in the Elite Eight, but I think Devontae Graham... Takes it to Jalen Brunson this game. I think Malik Newman also goes and has another great performance. And I think this Villanova team goes down. And I think we're looking at Kansas, a team that I thought was I thought was the weakest number one seed, honestly, of them all. I wasn't a big fan of Xavier, but Kansas I thought was a little overrated. And now they find themselves, I think, in a pretty good position here. But let's hear your thoughts. I think you're a Villanova guy. I'm 100% Villanova guy, and I'm out of the bracket. So this isn't even just a matter of pride anymore. I needed Duke to beat Kansas in order to even make a little bit of my change back for uh, the bracket pool. But I am Villanova, and Villanova went through West Virginia, went through Texas Tech, Alabama, who they absolutely obliterated, and, of course, Radford. I think Villanova is just that complete NCAA tournament team. They have the seniors. They have the experience. They have the guard in Jalen Brunson, who I believe should be player of the year. Um, no matter who ends up getting the votes. I think it's Jalen Brunson's award to win. I think it's going to be an 
exceptional game. I really, really do. The only th- place I see there being some trouble is, once again, foul trouble for Kansas. I think that could lead to a Villanova blowout if they really get into some foul trouble early. They're going to need the size against Villanova. Villanova, not particularly a big team, but they're a team that can shoot and you, d- you don't want them to start getting into the post and you want to be able to maybe exploit them in the post. I think Villanova is going to pull this one out. The spread is a little big for me. The, for Between two one seeds, the fact that Kansas is plus five, that's a little hardy. I don't know if I take Villanova minus five. Um, but I, I do like Villanova coming out of this game, winning it, going to the NCAA finals and winning. I don't really fear anybody coming out of the, uh, South region or the West region. I think this is Villanova's tournament to win. I'll once again, pick the correct champion. And once again, not won a bracket pool. I might have one of the best records of all time picking champions. Just can't, I can't put it together when making a final four or elite eight. Yeah. And I, I can't really, you know, fault you for taking Villanova here. I mean, Jay Wright. Villanova Wildcats are the only team in the Final Four that ranks in the top 15 in offensive and defensive efficiency. Um, you know, offensively, it's not only number one, it's the second best team on offense in the past 16 years. A lot of that has to do with the potential player of the year in Jalen Brunson. And I talked a lot about um, shooting from the charity stripe beforehand. And you look at, you know, Mikel Bridges. Michael McCall, I don't know. It's it's like it's McCall. It's M I K E L. Sure. I mean, if he um, wants to go by Michael, he can come on here and tell him <laughs> himself. But. Yes, he can. Eighty-five percent. Eric Pascal, eighty-two percent. Brunson shoots eighty-one percent, and Phil Booth shoots eighty percent. I mean, you look at that in a game that I think will come down to the final minute. I mean, those guys and those percentages, those are pretty scary. Um, because I mean that that's a lot of these games come down to free throws and there's so many so many players out there who can't step up when the lights are shining the brightest. I don't think that's the case for this Villanova team. I just think they're going to get outplayed by Kansas, but I mean there's a reason they're a 5-point favorite here and there's a reason why a lot of people picked them to win the 2018 NCAA championship. Um so I get I guess you're set on Villanova, I'm going with Kansas and I'm going to take Loyola Chicago. I know Michigan's hot. I know they've been playing really well, but I think Loyola Chicago just, I think they keep playing their style of basketball, and I think Michigan gets a little frustrated. Um, I think that game also comes down to the wire, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go Loyola by three. So they're going to cover the spread also if we're going to take that way. Nice. I, um, so I have a little experience with these teams, and I know I bring it up a lot. I had the University of Dayton squad when I was uh, fortunate enough to be attending that university. They were a strong 11 seed that just went up against one of the most athletic Florida teams of uh, of our time, and the Florida whooped them, took them down, and we kind of had that feeling going into that game. It was a fun run to the Elite Eight. There's something about this Loyola-Chicago team, though, at 11, that they kind of have all components. One, they're a good shooting team which will rival that of Michigan's. Obviously, either team could come out and have a bad day shooting, um, and that would just completely send the game in in one direction. But they also have a postman. I mean, they're pretty big down low. They can bang with you. They can run with you. They can keep up with you. They have a little bit of a turnover issue, which I realize. And you kind of notice that in the lower seeds, what they do under pressure, a lot more turnovers. I mean, we saw that with Buffalo against Kentucky just turning the ball over way too much, way too frequently. You saw that with UMBC against Kansas State. They were turning the ball over way too frequently, and that's ultimately what led to their downfall. 
But if or if Loyola Chicago can keep their turnovers in check, this is a game that can go either way. And I'm on the side that I just have this feeling for Loyola Chicago. I really like the vibe of this team. I really think that they're going to be that first 11 seed to make the NCAA championship. I mean, it'll be unfortunate the way they lose to Villanova because I think Villanova won't even t- I won't even think twice. I think they'll smack Loyola Chicago in the next Tuesday. But um, yeah, and, and one think- of the reasons Michigan is so tough to beat. Um, because they really know how to feed the ball in the post on offense, and I think Crutwig is a, is a is a great player, but I don't know if if, if Wagner yeah, I think gets he can high. Bang. I think he can bang. I think he can bang, and he's played extremely well, especially for a freshman. Um, but I think Wagner is also a very good player. And Michigan, I mean, we're talking about turnovers. Um, Michigan only turns the ball over 14% of their possessions. Only Nevada and St. Joseph's turned it over less frequently this season. So if Michigan gets hot um, and they're shooting the rock they're going to be really tough to beat and Loyola isn't going to need to play a perfect game, which I, I think they're capable of. Um, I mean, we've seen it so far that, you know, they've had their fair share of nail biters. Um, and I think they can hang with this Michigan's team, but I, I think Michigan is definitely a more talented team. Um, so if, if this game is a blowout, I think it'll definitely go to Michigan, but I think this is going to be close and I'm going to give it to Loyola. And I, I, another great story continues because then we only have one game left to decide it all. And you have it, Kansas, Loyola, Chicago. So do you have Kansas winning the entire tournament? I mean, my pick's been made at Villanova, but are you now on the Kansas Jayhawk bandwagon? I think I am on the Kansas Jayhawk oh. bandwagon. And oh. I'm not going to call it a bandwagon. I just I think they're going to win. It is a bandwagon. They're the worst team in the country. I'm, I'm not a fan. That's why I didn't pick them to win my bracket. But here I am not making it past the first weekend, so who am I? The, here, the saying, rock chalk Jayhawk, it just it makes me cringe. It puts me in a sour mood. I, it's like you guys can all hate Duke, you can all hate Kentucky, hate Carolina, whatever teams you guys hate in the world. I just that might be Kansas for me. I cannot stand the Kansas Jayhawks. Let me tell you. Yeah, um, not a very likable team. I think more likable than Duke. Um, I just why the the real question is why. That, that is a very good question. Like what's what's wrong with Coach K? I think a lot of people put the blame on Coach K. I mean, I don't think that that game was Coach K's fault. I just think they they. I'm not even saying the game. Just people hate oh, Duke God. a little bit more because of Coach K. But why? I, I don't know why. There's a, a good guy. He is a good I don't guy. Know I do like Coach K. I'm not a huge Duke fan, but I'm a Coach K guy. Also a Roy Williams guy, but he didn't he didn't <laughs> do so well for me uh, in this tournament. At least and, you know at halftime that your bracket was over. <laughs> no, that's the thing. I kept I was eating dinner. I kept hanging on for hope. And finally, with seven minutes left in the game, that's when I, that's when I turned off the TV. But it was it was a tough one, especially how having sad Kentucky. was the walk away, like to your bedroom or like wherever you were walking. Was oh, it, like it was head down, pondering was, why it, you oh, it was head down because I was so pumped. Like I had Kentucky um, going to the Final Four, and that looked like it was going to be a, a shoe in. I had UNC, which not a lot of people had, um, and then I had Villanova, but Michigan State also went down that day. And then North Carolina went down. And then Kentucky the next week just put the cherry on top. And then I just became a spectator. But very happy that Loyola Chicago has been able to make the run that they have. It's been unbelievable. That's why they call it March Madness. You never know what's going to happen. And obviously today we got two games. And Monday we will reconvene for the championship game. Roz is taking Villanova to go all the way. And I'm taking Kansas. But in the back of my mind, in the back of my heart, I'm going to be pulling for the team from Chicago, Loyola Chicago, the Ramblers, and 
in the meantime, that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. Shout out Eric Porter, leaving the Ramblers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. If you miss the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We will be back after the break. We got opening day to break down and a little bit of football news, so stay tuned, everybody. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bub at the to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What is up, everybody? We are back and have been waiting for two segments to talk about Major League Baseball because as we said here on Thursday night, we've almost had a full slate of opening day games. And wow, what an exciting opening day. Three games and extra innings. We had Baltimore taking down the Twinkies and 11. Adam Jones goes yard to win that one. We had Oakland taking down the Angels 6-5 and 11. And I know there was another game out there that went to extras. Milwaukee in 12 over the Padres in San Diego. Yeah, this was a a pretty crazy day of baseball. Um, Super fun to watch. Started off first pitch of the season. Ian Happ goes yard off Jose Urena. I mean, that's only happened twice since 1987, where the first pitch of the Major League Baseball season has been hit out of the park. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Um, Cubs, I think they gave us a little scare there. Uh, Lester was not very sharp, but they come away with an 8-4 victory. Carlos Martinez of the Cardinals, not a very good day. I think he had six or seven walks. Noah Syndergaard um, looked pretty good early and struggled a little late when he came out, but still put up 10 strikeouts. Mets won 9-4. Like I said, Orioles come away with a 3-2 victory. Justin Verlander, solid, solid game for the Astros. Six innings, four hits, zero earned, five strikeouts. Um, any any thoughts from opening day, Roz? I know there's I know there's a couple couple players that were on your radar that had big days. Um, so we, we got to talk about some player action too. Just a couple. I mean, so this is the opening day of baseball is the day you just like everything is in front of you. Like Cubs won eight four, Cubs are winning the World Series. I mean, how many people probably said that today after that game? It just happens. So I like that kind of early excitement. Obviously, you take what we say with a grain of salt today. I mean, things are gonna happen. There's hundred and sixty one more games for all these teams to be played. But there are a couple things that I liked and noticed while watching these games today. One of which was, like you said, Verlander, kind of proving me wrong. Verlander was a guy who was available for me to draft in fantasy baseball, but it was something about his age and the me forgetting that he was now on the Houston Astros that 
kind of led me away from that. The Astros are going to be the Astros this year. I think this is a lineup that even when I watched it today, like this is why they won the World Series. They have a very impressive lineup. Springer hitting another home run in this game. I mean, there is so much depth. There's so much trouble when you go up against this, this team that it, it's, it's scary. It really is. And you wonder who's going to dethrone them. There's a ton of good options. And it can start kind of with the Yankees, who we wanted to talk about. Stanton with two home runs in his first game. I mean, come on. He also had a double. Uh, your boy Luis Severino looked incredible. The Yankees are a scary freaking team. Sanchez had an d- RBI double, which is good for me on most fantasy accounts. Tell me why the Yankees aren't going to win 162 games. Which, <laughs> uh, besides that, it's never been done before. Um, <laughs> and, but I, 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 agree, I agree basically with you. The Yankees are a scary team. I mean, Severino, a guy who um, really came into his own last year, went five and two-thirds seven strikeouts. Then you had Chad Green, Patances, and Chapman combined for six strikeouts in three innings. This is going to be a tough, tough team to beat all year. Um, also, I mean, Masahiro Tanaka, CeCe Sabathia, if he can just be somewhat average, I think this Yankees team is going to be very good. Um, and Stanton, like, I mean, I, I listened to basically this whole game on the radio. I was in the car on the ride home. First, First uh, first at bat, it's just like, deep fly ball, the right center field. And I was like, wow, like th- this is going to be a nutty year. It's two homers. Um, you know, Gary Sanchez. Is 70 in the question? Mm, I, I think that's a little high. Um, a little high? Okay. A little high. 60? But 60? It's, it's the right guy in the right park if it were to ever happen again. Okay. Um, but that makes you think how amazing it was that Barry Bonds did it in San Francisco. Um, and one of the most interesting stats I've ever read were, you know, was Barry Bonds park adjusted numbers. If you were to have played his entire career in Colorado would have hit just shy of a thousand home runs, <laughs> um, which is, is pretty crazy. But yeah, the fact that he had 72 in San Francisco, which is one of the tougher parks to hit in in all of major league baseball kind of puts things in perspective of how great Barry Bonds was and why he should be in the hall of fame. Side note, but, you know, Yankees looked great. J.A. Happ, I thought, was going to get it done a little better today, but just didn't happen. Um, and some other weird news, John Gibbons came out and said Josh Donaldson is battling some dead arm. If you saw some of the throws he made from third base on Thursday, it, it looked like he was hurt. Um, a dead arm, I've never heard of that on opening day after, you know, there was nothing really wrong with him during spring training. I think there's more to the story there, but I think the Blue Jays are actually going to be decent this year. I don't think they're going to be great. I mean, this is a very tough division to play in, but you know, if guys like Estrada, Aaron Sanchez, um, Jay Happ can kind of put it together, they do have some pieces in that lineup with you know Donaldson, Justin Smoke, Granderson, Kendrick Morales, Randall Grichuk. So I think they they could be competitive, but you know it's tough in a division with the Red Sox, the Yankees, um, and w- what a great game in Tampa Bay. By the way, stealing a win away from Chris Sale, the Tampa Bay Rays scores six runs in the eighth um, to win that game. Chris Sale pitched unbelievable, six innings, one hit, nine strikeouts, walks away with the no decision, which I'm sure he was pretty pissed about. Um, another great game, White Sox-Royals. White Sox I'm glad you're up. bringing them up because 
James Shields won today the only way he knows how to win, and that is in the hopes of his bats. James Shields is going to give up six-plus runs a game, but it's okay. He only gave up four today, and he got 14 runs four, from his bat. Four in the first inning. It, it like it was funny listening to the announcers. They're like, this season could not have started any worse for the Chicago White Sox, and it was hilarious because James Shields has never been shy about giving up home runs, and Lucas Duda um, – really kept that going in the first inning when he hit a three-run shot. But, I mean, you look at some of the guys in this Sox lineup. I know Mankata only went one for six, but had his first RBI of the season. Avsel Garcia, two for six today. Jose Abreu goes yard. Matt Davidson, that's the guy I want to talk about. Hits three homers on opening day. I believe he was the is only the fourth fourth person ever to do that. I mean, this White Sox team with some of their young power – Unbelievable, um, you know. Davidson had an Four unbelievable had an unbelievable teams. spring training, um, and he really carried in that into the first game. Three home runs is absolutely ridiculous. And then Nick Delmonico um, looked pretty good as well. Had a couple walks, had a run. Tim Anderson also had a homer. So I mean, th- this Sox team, if they can you like runs, that's what you got today. That's what you got today. I mean, if this Sox team can put it together just a little bit on the mound um, with some of their young guys, I mean, they they could make some noise in the AL Central. I was I mean. going to ask, are you do you begin to have that little bit of a twitch, that little bit of an excitement? I mean, Aloy Jimenez is not up yet, and you know the potential there with him. It does come to the mound, but do you get that little twitch like, wow, the White Sox are starting to look a little bit like the Cubs who were coming up and getting ready to gear up for World Series promise? Are you Are you seeing that a little bit with the White Sox? I mean, I don't know if I see it yet, but all I know is I'm excited. Like, I've never been shy about saying that I do like the White Sox as well. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Cubs fan, but I do cheer for the White Sox. Um, I, don't, I don't give crap about what anybody else thinks. But <laughs> I think the White Sox, they're an exciting team for the first time in a long time. And I think, you know, that really showed on opening day. So many of these young guys. Um, and then you've got guys like, you know, Jose Abreu who continues – to hit 25 home runs and have 100 RBIs every year. And Tim Anderson, I think, is going to be a huge cornerstone to this team. They're exciting. And if guys like, you know, Davidson and Delmonico and Moncada have great years, and you look at, you know, Kopech, Ronaldo Lopez, Lucas Giolito, if James Shields can just be, like, somewhat average this year, I mean, they, they might be a 500 ball club. They might make a little noise. Um, at the end of the year, which I think is a lot more than people were expecting. Um, and I agree with you. This They feel like it, it seems like whenever a team goes into rebuilding phase and starts hitting the phase a little faster, it's like they're, they're basically the modern-day Cubs because that's yeah. exactly what the Cubs did a couple years ago. The Yankees followed that up, and, and now you look at the Cubs and Yankees, easily two of the top five teams in Major League Baseball. You know what else is exciting about opening day? It's the pace setting, like what people are on pace for. So, for example, Davidson is on pace for 482 home runs. I mean, how exciting is that? <laughs> Very exciting. Um, I just want to put that out in the universe that that could happen. Yeah. One other game, forgot to mention A's, Angels. Um, Otani. <laughs> Otani finally gets a hit. Um, His first major league at bat, actually. Yep, first major league at bat. A's win 6-5 and 11. Um, Chris Davis went yard, had four ribbies. Cole Calhoun, great day, 3-for-5 
a home run, a triple, and an RBI. And Albert Pujols also went deep. And Zach Cozart went deep. Um, Matt Olson, first baseman for the A's, hit a Yabo as well. So that was another exciting game. We had three extra inning games, and we still got two more to go tonight, which uh, I guess we'll find out what happens on Saturday. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. We got baseball finally in full swing. If you missed the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We'll be back after the break. What's up, what's up everybody? This is the Sporting Edge and we are back. We're going to do a little a little mixed bag of football and NBA basketball this segment. Before you do that, can I just throw out one interesting fact that we didn't mention about baseball? You may. Kershaw, two for two batting in his first game. <laughs> but doesn't He's get batting, the win. A, a batting a thousand on the year. Just, just want to put that into the universe. Fair, fair. I think the win would be a little more important, but... He will get the no decision as we're sitting here and they're losing one nothing in the sixth inning right now. But I'm just impressed. Two for He's two batting better than everybody on his team. Yeah. He had um, Yasmani Grandal right now has one hit. So, yeah, they have three hits and Kershaw has two of them. But That's yeah, impressive. It's that is bad. arguably the most impressive thing I've read today. I wouldn't disagree with you. Start us off, football or basketball? We'll start off with football. Get so excited about the idea of the Packers being better every single year. And I think that's the case. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about a scary team in the West who some have actually predicted will drop off this year due to potential play of Jared Goff, the loss of Sammy Watkins, who was a deep threat and everything. But they did just sign the Domigan suit to a contract I don't believe in at all. Let me be very honest with you. In terms of people making an impact to it, team that have signed contracts this year jimmy graham to me i understand this is another packer bias is going to make more of an impact with the green bay packers than the dominican sue will with the freaking it's not st louis rams the los angeles rams there you go but but they're willing to give him 14 million dollar on a one-year tester whereas jimmy graham will be making around nine million i mean that's ridiculous i don't like sue above 30 years old sue who was definitely a force in Miami, didn't have the stats to prove that he was a force, but definitely you knew he was on the other side of the field. I just don't think he's worth that kind of money anymore. I don't know if he's like that was back in his prime. He already made his major contract. What I do like that the Rams did was as they avoided an Albert Haynesworth type situation and did only sign him to one year pending that if he makes mistakes or isn't worth the contract, they can release him next year. But the Rams, they'll be an interesting team to see. I hope Goff is good. I kind of like this Rams team, especially now that I'm living out in L.A. Maybe it'll give me something to do. Um, But uh, it'll be interesting to see how that all goes down. I think you should be talking about the Odell Beckham perspective and the prospect of him potentially being moved, even to L.A. potentially. Yeah, I mean, I'll throw in my two cents about Sue. I've never been a huge fan of the guy. But, I mean, the Rams, I think, clearly wanted him. And I know they're paying him a lot of money, but... They think they got a shot to make some noise and possibly win a Super Bowl, so I'm not going to blame them for going out and getting their guy. Um, you know, $14 million is a lot of money for an aging star in, in Dominican Sioux, but like I said, if, if they want to go out and get him, I don't blame them. That, that line is already giving me nightmares. Think about Michael Brockers, Aaron Donald, and Dominican Sioux. Like, I don't know five offensive, li- offensive linemen who could possibly block those three large men. But we'll see what happens next year. I mean, like you said, a lot's going to have to do with Jared Goff. 
Um, but speaking of Odell Beckham, it has been a wild few days for OBJ. Um, you know, it looks like he might be done in New York and he wants to go to St. Louis. And I think that... Oh, uh, where be- does he want to go? <laughs> Los Angeles. He wants to go to Los Angeles. Um, you know what? I think they're going to give him a big offer. Um, like you said, Sammy Watkins not on the team anymore. They've already got a great slot guy, I think, in Cooper Cup. Um, they got Robert Woods. I think OBJ could be a player that makes the Rams a possible Super Bowl favorite. And I know that that's aggressive. It 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 is aggressive, but I mean, I think Jared Goff proved that he can be a very good quarterback in this league. Um, and I think if the Rams go out and get him, I mean, that offense is going to be. If I mean, it already was, I think, the best in the league points wise this year, but they go out and get OBJ, I think they're hands down going to be the best offense in the league. No question about it. That's interesting. I mean, OBJ is proving to us that talent is still superior to the NFL and in terms of the eyes of GMs because I think he's kind of slipping a little bit onto the Johnny Manziel trail, the partying, the issues with violence and all that stuff it wasn't domestic abuse but he assaulted or had his henchmen assault another guy supposedly in a story i mean it's getting a little much i mean having the arguably a prostitute or a just female sitting in his bed with lines of coke being lined up obviously they haven't labeled the substance coke but unless he's snorting adderall like a freaking college kid you know what substance that is especially in amsterdam he's got to take it easy that's what i gotta say if he is so Fair. passionate about the game if he is so passionate about winning which he claims to be his antics need to he needs to focus up. He needs a mentor who he already lost one. Chris Carter has dropped him as a mentee, which is really hard to do. Mentor mentees usually is more of a social relationship than a business relationship. And he needs to figure it out, you know. I and I hope the best for him because he's a talent that you don't get to see very often in the NFL. He's one of the most superior or wide receivers we have in the game. So we'll see how it all ends up going. But he needs to figure it out. I know the Packers who who had their scout go evaluate Odell Beckham Jr., said they were interested in him. They were just concerned about the potential for off-field drama and everything, as well as the fact that Odell Odell Beckham punched a hole in the visitor locker room at Lambeau Field after they lost that game to the Packers a couple years ago. Just a fun fact. Yeah, so interesting. We'll see what happens. Um, But we got NBA playoffs coming up, like you said. Steph Curry sprained his MCL, could miss the first round of the playoffs. Kyrie Irving expected to miss three to six weeks um, after undergoing surgery to address a knee injury that's been bothering him all year. Kawhi Leonard has been medically cleared to return from a quad injury. Hasn't felt confident enough to return to help the Spurs There's playoff some, push. That's bad. There is something really fishy going on. with, And people have been saying that, that, there, that he should have been back a while ago. Yeah, there is something fishy going on, and I think with what you've heard from some some of the Spurs players, something is not right there. But, you know, I'm taking a look at the NBA power rankings right now, and Warriors all the way down at number four right now. Um, Golden State been decimated by injuries late in the season. Like I mentioned, Steph Curry, um, KD, Klay Thompson. Um, kind of worry about their chances of repeating. Maybe this could be the year the Rockets come and steal things away. Um. No, okay. I've made, I've that's all this. I needed was a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of doubt that this could because, be the Rockets here. Because I was upset that I have to say what I want to say. Because I've said it before. I've arguably said it too many times. 
I'm in L.A. It's La La Land. Everything's scripted out here except for the Kardashians, and even that has a little bit of a script to it. You write, you write for movies. They become blockbusters. You go and see them. We got Marvel Infinity Wars coming out. And the NBA is run by Disney. ABC and ESPN have a lot of lot going on with the NBA as much as they don't want to say it. I think there's a good script they write every single year. I think it's very uh, it's very important for the fans to get a script written for them. And you know what? This is all just practice. I mean, they're going to have the injuries. I mean, Steph Curry's probably sitting at home on his exercise bike about to hop in the hot tub with no real injury. I mean, I don't He's going to miss the first round like, ooh, they're going to lose the first round. I mean, no, they won't. And they're going to probably force that to a seven-game series just to make it interesting and spark the fear of God and Golden State Warrior fans and get people excited in the NBA so they'll watch. I mean, it's still the Warriors championship to win. I don't really care what anybody wants to tell me. Harden and Paul are not going to come out there and beat those four superstars on the Golden State Warriors, especially since they will all be healthy by the time they meet up what would be in the Western Conference Finals. And then LeBron and Cass just don't have it. They do not have it. They can barely get through the regular season. They're going to be a four seed, maybe a three seed if they get lucky. It's time for uh, it's time for a change in the NBA. It's time for them to bring in a new script supervisor, somebody to write something different. But uh, it's a script, and uh, we'll be seeing Golden State struggle to keep people excited, and then they'll uh, they'll push through to win it all. You heard it here first from the legend Roz. Cavs have no chance, um, in my opinion. I think the Kevin Love injury really threw them off. And like you said, a three or four seed. I think this is the Celtics' Eastern Conference to lose. Um, but I, I honestly, he's out, though, too. I know he's out, but I think this is still the Celtics' conference to lose. I'm going to call it, I think the Rockets are going to win the NBA championship. I'm, I'm putting my foot down right now. I think James Harden is going to do it. Um, but we'll see. Do you want... Do you want, can, can we make a bet? Sure. We got te- okay. five seconds. Golden State, if the Rockets don't make it and Golden State does, you name your first child, but I want you to name it. Deal. Deal. And you can get it back. All right. That sounds great. This is the Sporting Edge, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. I'm naming him Scared. <laughs> and we will see you next week, everybody. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.